0: Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm Natalia Abrams and I'm joined today by our fabulous team, Cody Hunanian and Sabrina Calizans. We are from the Student Debt Crisis Center. And today we are taking over for Leslie Marshall and discussing all of the recent developments around student debt, um, especially cancel student debt, which I'm sure so many of you want to hear about. Uh, So quickly, again, I am Natalia Abrams. I am the president here at Student Debt Crisis Center. Uh, We really work on centering the needs and voices of student loan borrowers, partnering with allies and, uh, you know, and using those tools to impact public policy and once and for all in the student debt crisis. And today I'm joined by our fabulous executive director, Cody Hunanian. Cody, do I have you here?
1: I am, and I'm happy to be on the show again to talk about this issue. It's a great space and a great, really a great audience to be able to talk about student debt cancellation and the world of student loan reform.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Cody. And we are also joined by our outreach director, the awesome Sabrina Kalazan. Sabrina, are you here?
2: I'm here. Thank you for having me, Natalia. And Cody, it's always a pleasure to be able to talk about student debt cancellation. And a lot has happened since the last time we've been here. So Really excited to talk through it.
0: Yeah, and Sabrina, I think let's start with you because you just mentioned it. There a lot has happened, so can you talk about um, cancel, you know, cancel student debt as a, a policy topic and what has changed since? Uh, what's going on with it and what's changed since the last time we talked?
2: Right. So the last time we talked, I believe we we discussed the cancellation plan. So. President Biden announced that he was canceling student debt um, for direct federally held loans for borrowers. Um, so you are, if you have those kinds of loans, you may be eligible for up to ten dollars to $20,000 of student loan cancellation for those making under $125,000 as individuals and $250,000 as a married couple. So that's a really big deal. But... What has happened since then is that the application is now live on studentaid.gov, which is so exciting. Um, We've heard that 22 million people have already taken advantage and applied, which is so exciting. We know that there's more than 40 million people out there, but 22 million is an incredible number, especially in the first few weeks. Um, Last time, I got to share a little bit about my student debt story. So I have student loan debt, my sister has student loan debt, and my dad has student loan debt as a Parent PLUS loan. Um, But it was so easy to apply. And I think that's what has been shocking for all of us. I don't think any of us anticipated that it takes less than five minutes to do so. And I filled it out on a Friday night while watching Great British Bake Off. It was so simple. I was sitting with my family. So I filled it out in less than five minutes. My dad was able to fill it out. And I sent the link to my sister who's away at college for her to fill it out as well. And so it's just a very simple process and we're really grateful um, that it doesn't take too long and it doesn't take um, a long tedious process to get through it and so we definitely encourage borrowers to take advantage of this
0: yes yeah, sabrina and i heard that uh dr cardona the secretary of education was saying you know you can do this while you're ordering a pizza or we have heard people that are doing it you know while they're driving to a bar or on a date it's i think one of the biggest um Fe- points of feedback that we've heard is it people almost don't believe it because it's so simple. Um, I don't know if yeah. you felt that going through. Um, you know, Cody, I know that you've also filled out uh, the student debt form. Any tips, tricks uh, that you have for student loan borrowers that are eagerly awaiting their10 or twenty thousand dollars in relief?
1: Yeah, well, me and Sabrina, we have two things in common. Uh, we both love the great British Baking show. <laughs> and we also have both applied for student debt cancellation. And I agree. It is incredibly easy to do this form. And and Natalia, I think, you know, what you mentioned is really important here. Like borrowers, people with student loan debt have just been beat up by this broken system for so long. They get to this powerful opportunity to cancel their debt. It's so easy that there's actually people who don't believe it's real. That that actually breaks my heart because it just goes to show you how complex And broken and terrible things have been for so long. But the good news is it is actually that simple. And so some quick tips that I would share is, you know, one, go and apply right now. It really is that easy. The application involves just some basic personal information, and it's nothing nothing sensitive. This is all information that the Department of Education already has about you. You know, your name, your birth date, your social security number, They just need it to be able to connect the dots between your application and your form. And then the last tip that I think is important is when you click submit on that application, you've just applied for student debt cancellation. That's great news. It may not be the last step in the process. Most borrowers will get um, an automatic email from the Department of Education saying their application has been received, and that'll be the end of the road. But for some borrowers, another email will come in the future requesting a little bit more personal uh, income information, and so I just really stress that everyone keep an eye out from these emails from the Department of Education. You know it's safe because it's a .gov email address, and uh, just you. you know stay abreast and attune to the information coming your way.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important point um, because we know that the Department of Education and the government are you know, warning us about scams out there. So only respond back to .gov emails. Um, That's really important. You know, don't want to throw you for a loop, Sabrina, but do you want to talk a little bit about the scams and what to avoid with, um, you know, the student debt cancellation form?
2: Yeah, so I think um, one of the scams that we've heard about is people being contacted saying this is, you know, if you pay a certain amount of you know, money, we'll fill it out for you. It's a very simple application and no one, you shouldn't be paying anyone to fill it out. It's something that's very simple. There are groups like ours that can help answer questions if you have them. You can go to studentdebtcrisis.org. Um, we can help clarify any questions you have in relation to the application, but do not accept any phone calls or give any private information, such as your social security number out to anyone, especially over the phone when you don't know who it is. The Department of Education will not call you over the phone and ask you to give that information. And so um, that's definitely something that we've heard of and we encourage folks not to engage in those phone calls.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. You know, I mean, some of we know some borrowers wish they could be talking to the Department of Education, right? But they're trying to process some 42 million forms. And so they won't be calling you. Um, And then I know when we were talking, Sabrina, just about this, like people that are afraid, you know, so while you don't want to give your social security number to anyone on the phone, the form does ask for that. But The government already has this information. That's what Cody's trying to tell you. You're not giving out over any information that they don't already have. You are just verifying that it is you. And that's so important. Um, Sabrina, what did it feel like to register for you and your parents and your sister? Like, that's a lot of money.
2: It is a lot of money. And I think it didn't hit me. Like I said, I clicked submit. I got the email saying like, it's done. And I was like, that's it. Like I had that feeling like, I can't believe like this happened. And so I think it's just like exhilarating to know that there's a form out there that's not complex, as Cody mentioned, but that's going to be life changing for so many individuals and so many families out there. And so I felt like it was like, finally that's over. That's one less thing, uh, you know, to worry about. But now I'm really working to make sure that everyone around me knows this information and has access to it. And so. I think that's why I'm so excited about our SDCC Ambassador Program, because it's a an opportunity for folks to receive monthly resources on how to apply for student debt cancellation, but also to share that with others. And so we've had over 1,200 folks sign up to become ambassadors, which is so exciting. Um, and they're receiving you know, a guide each month with how to help others receive this sort of information. And so that's really crucial. As I said, there's more than 40 million people out there who are eligible for this cancellation and we need to make sure that we reach all of those folks. And so I encourage anyone listening, if you can reach out to five folks um, with studentaid.gov so that folks can go out there and apply. Let's make sure that we're reaching our loved ones, our our coworkers, um, our church, um, friends, like whoever it is that comes to mind uh, reach out to them and share it with them because I know that this is going to impact many people out there.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned, um, Sabrina, already in one week, right? 22 million, is that correct? 22 million people. So, yeah, while well, we and so many groups fought for this to be automatic and it sadly wasn't, so remember to apply. You know, 22 million people have already been able to do this seamlessly, and I think that's really key and gives me a sense of hope that we might actually be able to find all, you know, we might be able to find all 43 million before payments resume January 1st. So. Yeah, with that, you know, Sabrina, I want to thank you for joining us again. When we come back from break, we're going to be talking with Abby Safroth, an attorney with the National Consumer Law Center. We know that you have questions on the impending lawsuits. So we will be bringing Abby back after the break. Thank you so much for being on with us, Sabrina.
2: Thanks, Natalia. Thanks, Cody.
0: Thank you. And we'll be back after this short break. This is the SDCC takeover of The Leslie Marshall Show.
1: All right, that was the Marshall Show. This is Cody Hunanian, the executive director of the Student Debt Crisis Center. I am joined by our president and founder, Natalia Abrams. Uh, and we are taking over the Marshall Show to discuss the recent developments around student debt. Uh, with us is Abby Shaproth, a staff attorney at the National Consumer Law Center uh, who focuses on student loan debt and for-profit college issues. She is one of the uh, foremost experts, not only on student loan debt, uh, for-profit college abuse, but really has been tracking so much of what's happening around uh, student loan debt and uh, the debt cancellation plan. Uh, Abby, before we jump in and start inundating you with questions, because I have so many about what's going on, (laughs) (laughs) it's a really complex issue. Uh, Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do and and anything you want to share with the audience um, about your team and and efforts you've done over the years?
3: sure sure and cody thank you so much for for having me on today i'm I'm really happy to be be here with you Uh, and to be talking about student student loans and you know this moment when we have positive things to share about student loans Um, it's a it's a it's a great moment Um, So, I'm Abby Shafroth, Uh, I'm the director of the Student Loan Borrower Assistance Project at the National Consumer Law Center, also known as NCLC. Um, NCLC has been in the student loan space for a long time now, we've been working on these issues for over two decades, uh, with a focus on how the student loan system serves, or too often frankly fails to serve borrowers from low income families and other disadvantaged populations so the student loan borrower assistance project within nclc does, does a few different things um, first we, we partner with local anti-poverty organizations to provide some direct legal representation to people with student loans uh, particularly um, people in the, their housing shelter program in boston and economic mobility program which I, I will flag briefly like student loan debt very much not a rich person's problem, um, about thirty percent of the adults in the family shelter system in Boston that that we work with have student loan debt. Um, and it's absolutely devastating to them and their families. Wow. so this is this is not a rich person problem. Uh, we also provide support um, in legal legal services and training to legal aid attorneys across the country that work with low income student loan borrowers. We do policy research, analysis, advocacy. We've, we've participated in just about every student loan rulemaking over the past 20 years. And we, we write and regularly update a book, um, a book on, on student loan law, about 500 pages of, um, of gripping gripping page turning reading. Uh, and we have a, a borrower facing website as well, studentloanborrowerassistance.org, that guides borrowers on their rights and sort of relief opportunities.
0: I know we wouldn't, I don't know where we'd be without NCLC and that student loan law book and you all helping so much for us to understand um, and distill that down to borrowers. So we're just so grateful to have you on and joining us.
1: Yeah, Abby, thank you so much. It sounds like you're doing it all, but I think there are certainly borrowers and maybe even some of these legal experts that aren't tracking student loan debt that you all work with that want to know what the heck is going on with student loan debt. And if you just look at the headlines, you're probably seeing a lot of scary stuff. It's, you know, this lawsuit blocked this, this lawsuit blocked that. But I know from talking to you, that's not the case. So why don't we start with just a quick primer, like what is going on with these challenges related to student debt cancellation and how should borrowers really feel about where we stand right now?
3: Yeah, sure. So backing up just just a moment, like I think that, um, it is no surprise, uh, given given what's going on, given how big a deal student debt cancellation is. Um, you know, it promises over 300 to four, you know, roughly 300 to 400 billion in debt relief uh, to to working and middle class families. Ninety percent of the, the the beneficiaries are people who earn less than 75 thousand dollars a year. Um, so this is a major relief program, and you know who's not benefiting this time? Corporations and, and wealthy
0: folks. Um, the rich,
3: yep. Right, right. And you know, midterms are coming up. This is a an, um, a program from the Biden administration, announced and championed directly by President Biden. Um, and polling has shown that it's a really popular program and may drive a lot of uh, young voter turnout, um, uh, turnout among both young young voters, Black voters, um, a, a lot of populations that that you know certain constituencies are 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 threatened by. So it's it's no surprise that this has become really politicized, and it's no surprise that because there weren't enough votes to stop debt cancellation in Congress, opponents are turning to the courts instead and trying to, to appeal to the courts to step in and stop this. Um, so that, that's where we find ourselves today. There, there are about six lawsuits that have been filed now, all asking the courts to stop the Biden administration from canceling student loan debt. And they've been filed in in federal courthouses around the country as opponents of debt relief are hoping to find that that friendly judge that will rule for them. Um, so far, that the, they haven't found it. Two of the lawsuits have already been dismissed by federal court, the federal district courts they were filed in. Uh, but for the most part, the, these cases are still in the early stages and they're active. And you know, we expect whatever happens in the district courts that there are going to be appeals. Um, uh, so that's that's where we find ourselves today. Um, and. Uh, would you would you like to get into the sort of ordinary injunction stuff,
0: or or you know the the the, the stay order that we, we face now? I, I think we're, we're going to have to. But I just a quick question, you know, because Cody and I are not attorneys, uh, which I feel like we're saying a lot these days. But is it legal? You know, I think that's what a lot of people are asking. You know, we feel it is, but from an attorney's perspective, is Biden's use of the here or just canceling student debt by executive order that is legal? Correct. Yes, it is legal. So Congress um, Congress has given the
3: Secretary of Education really broad broad authority over the federal student loan program. It is a, a program that um, that where Congress has explicitly given the Secretary the, the authority to, to issue and disperse and manage loans and sort of alongs alongside the um the authority to to issue student loans and to collect on them is also the authority to waive student loans, um, to decide not to collect on them, to settle them, to compromise those debts as the secretary sees fit. So there's there's a sort of um, existing existing authority within the Higher Education Act itself, which is the the sort of overarching uh, legal framework that, that creates the federal student loan program. But then sort of on top of that, that sort of background context, there's an additional grant of authority that Congress gave the Secretary from the HEROES Act, um, which, which specifically allows the um, Secretary of Education um, to, to sort of waiver or, or, or uh, wipe away the, the usual statutes and regulations that apply to the federal student loan program. Um, in order to provide relief in times of national emergency and as relates to national emergencies. And that's the authority that President Biden has has pointed to here, um, and that the the White House Counsel's Office has already released an in-depth legal memo on, explaining why that authority is appropriate to use here, to provide relief in connection with the national emergency that was declared by President Trump and continued by President Biden for for the COVID pandemic and to ensure that, that borrowers have some breathing room uh, who have faced all this financial tumult as a result of the pandemic. They have some breathing room when they return to repayment and don't default or, or fall behind on their student loans then.
1: And, and Abby, I know we're going to have to go to a break here shortly. In, in 30 seconds, um, with relation to the pandemic, from what you're hearing from these lower-income borrowers, um, are, is the pandemic over? For people who are really struggling.
3: No, it's 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 not over. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's not over because people are still facing um, facing the continued impact of the pandemic, and also because low-income borrowers and borrowers who don't have people who don't have financial resources. And let's actually,
0: price. sorry to cut you off. We'll get yeah. back to that after the break for sure. We'll pick okay. up with that in the lawsuits right after the break. Welcome back to The Leslie Marshall Show. This is Natalia Abrams, and today I'm joined by Cody Hunanian, and we are from the Student Debt Crisis Center team, and we have a special guest, Abby Shafroth from the National Consumer Law Center. Today we're filling in for Leslie Marshall for the SDCC Takeover Show and discussing all of the recent developments around student debt. And, Abby, before the break, we were starting to get into – Um, these lawsuits. And, you know, I think we decided, like, from what I heard, it's not just legal, it's double legal. There's multiple ways that this is 100% legal. Congress has already given President Biden the authority to take action and to do this action. So you mentioned um, on the last segment, and let's get into it, what's going on right now with this temporary stay? Um, Because it's definitely been reported and scaring borrowers that talk to us. So calm us down.
3: Yeah, sure. So this um, this came came about in a in a case that was that was filed in in district court um, by by six six states with conservative attorney generals who um, are opposed to debt cancellation, and the, um, the 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 federal judge in the district court dismissed the case entirely. He said that the the parties don't have standing to challenge the to to challenge the the um, cancellation plan, and so the case can't move forward at all. Those six states, as a result, um, appeal to the decision, to to the Court of Appeals, in this case it's the Eighth Circuit, um, and are asking asking the Eighth Circuit both to review review that decision um, uh, on the uh, the substance of whether the case should be thrown out, but have also asked the Court, the Eighth Circuit, to uh, put a, they're calling it a preliminary junction into place while the Eighth Circuit considers the appeal. Um, and the preliminary injunction would prevent the, um, prevent the administration from canceling any debt until, until the appeal is resolved. So, uh, while, while the court has an opportunity to consider that request, um, the court did put in place what, what is being called, uh, an administrative stay, which is sort of like a baby injunction here. It's like a very, very short-term injunction, um, while, while the court decides, um, whether, whether it should issue a, a medium-term injunction that would last <laughs> through the entirety of the appeal, which is likely to go through December. Um, and they said, sort of, while, while we considered that, we're first going to give ourselves just a few days, essentially, um, to to prevent death cancellation from, from moving forward while the court decides whether to issue that medium-term injunction, as I said, that would last, that would most likely last about a month or so. Um, so we are that, that temporary injunction will likely expire in the coming days. We expect a decision from from the court. All the briefing is, has been submitted as of yesterday to the court on that. Um, what's really important to know here is that even this both this stay and any any preliminary injunction that would likely result um, uh, is only is only ordering the administration to hold off on actually canceling any debt for now. It is not very much not um stopping stopping the administration from continuing with the application process it does not stop borrowers from applying for debt relief it does not stop the administration from reviewing applications and determining who is eligible and sort of putting things in place so that as soon as it can cancel the debt it can do so so The important thing I think for borrowers here is is borrowers can still go right ahead and apply. The application is open. And in fact, it's in everyone's best interest to go ahead and get your application in as soon as possible. Get your application in the queue so that when debt can be canceled, you get it right away.
0: Okay, Okay, so apply, you can still apply. And it kind of feels like, I don't know, Goldilocks and the multiple injunctions, like the baby, middle, you know, the different size. Um, But even Okay, so even if there's an injunction, we are not talking right now about, you know, the whole program going away. This is a lot, you know, from what I understand, you know, courts can take some time, but the key takeaway for borrowers is it is safe to apply. There's no harm in doing that. And in fact, I would assume you want to get yourself into that queue. So the moment that they can release money, you will get your debt cancellation. Is that correct?
3: that's absolutely right. Borrowers can and should apply now. The sooner you apply, the sort of uh, earlier you are in your line in line for cancellation. And so as soon as as soon as the the stay is listed or an order is lifted, um, the administration can go ahead and begin
0: canceling debt and that debt can be that's canceled can be yours. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Cody, you were asking a question uh, before the break about, you know, do borrowers feel that the pandemic, you know, is the pandemic over? Um, and I think, you know, more importantly, the economic impacts of the pandemic, you know, because we are hearing some people have brought up that, you know, they why are we doing this now at the tail end of the pandemic?
3: Yeah, so it, it, I, I think a useful analogy here is a hurricane. So, a hurricane can be can can rip through a community, do be you know terrifying while while it's going on and threaten life threaten life while it's going on. But after it spins away, it has left behind quite a lot of damage um, and devastated people's finances. And they have that it takes a lot of time to rebuild and get your financial house back in order and be able to attain some some stability again in life that's what we've seen with with the covid pandemic as well you know first uh, the pandemic is still going on people are still getting getting sick Um, but even even as the sort of worst uh, public health impacts of the pandemic are getting better um, the financial impact lingers people who have lost jobs people who have lost partners who contribute to their family income, people who have lost um, uh, their, their parents, their kids, grandparents who provided them with, with the childcare and now are paying for childcare that they didn't previously. Um, people, people who have uh, had to, who lost income or had increased childcare or medical or other expenses due to the pandemic and spent down all of their savings. Mm. Are now in a place where they're very financially insecure. Yeah. Um, even if they've re- even if they've gotten their income back to where it was before, their their household balance sheet looks very different now than it did in 2019, um, and that's you know on top of the inflation that it that is hurting everyone across the country right now. So so people are um, uh, Americans across the country are facing these real financial challenges as a result of the pandemic, uh, exacerbated by inflation and that is why folks are very rightly um, concerned about the end of the payment pause and what return to repayment will look like.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, we are hearing all of that plus some, right? At Student Debt Crisis Center, we've got two million supporters reaching out to us throughout the pandemic, sharing their experiences. And you're you're right on, Abby. Um, borrowers are still struggling to get back to where they were prior to the pandemic. There have been real meaningful losses in these families. Like you said, those who have lost their own job or lost those within their own family, Um, it's really, I think, easy for some of us to look at the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to this pandemic. But there's far too many of us who are still living it day to day right now. And if you have student loan debt, it just adds to all that. And um, Natalia, I'm sure you're also hearing so much of the same from our borrowers. But Abby started to talk about inflation really made things even worse. Folks are struggling to just afford basic necessities on top of all those, all that harm.
0: Yeah, we have, you know, a survey coming out in a few weeks, but just to give this audience a little sneak peek to it, one of the questions we asked is, you know, what um, are you concerned about like not being able to afford with um, student debt payments coming back on? And this changed because we asked borrowers all throughout the pandemic. And now one of the the top thing is food insecurity. And we're seeing that, I would assume, you know, and Abby definitely jump in, but due to inflation. you know, the it there's the inflation, but then also the food price index has gone up considerably. I know that, you know, all of us are feeling that no matter what income level we're at, but low income folks definitely need the help.
3: Exactly. And this is part of what the Department of Education and the Biden administration has looked at, is they looked at um, what what is the financial situation of people with student loan debt now? How are they doing in managing their other finances and their other debts? And what will it look like once they have that added bill in January? And it didn't look good. It didn't look good, and that is why um, they found it was necessary in order to avoid a situation where where millions of borrowers fall behind on their loans, or you know, unnecessarily struggle with them, um, or go into default. Cancelling a portion of that debt for 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 you know all working and middle class people um, is a way to to avoid that that catastrophe, you know, and. And, and I applaud them for it. This was, you know,
0: forward thinking and they, they saw a disaster in yeah. the
3: future and they're, they're, they're trying to take us off that track.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned hurricanes and this was, you know, like a hurricane in every single city in America. Right. That, you know, real quick, because we need to go to break. What has this been used before? Is this the first time we're seeing HEROES Act used for student loan borrowers?
3: So the heroes act ha- has been used before it is um it is limited to to being used in times of national emergency and there haven't been this that is national a, emergency. right earthquake. but this is a national emergency <laughs> but, this, but this exactly is 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 um very obviously um indisputedly a national emergency and so we're seeing it it used here again it has been used in um, in relation to to some military actions before that it, when we've also had national emergencies there Um, And a related, a sort of parallel act has been used in the case of of, um, hurricanes and other um, wildfires, other natural disasters that that have caused people financial harm.
0: All right. So for folks listening, you know, this is nothing new, just being used on a broader scale. Um, I, you know, I feel more calm about these lawsuits, definitely keep applying and urging folks to apply, um, really important. And Abby, I know you're going to stay with us cause we're going to talk about some other programs like public service loan forgiveness and all the things that are coming out from the Biden administration after the break. So thank you so much. And we will be back after this short break. This is the SDC takeover of the Leslie Marshall show.
1: All right, welcome back to The Leslie Marshall Show. This is Cody Hunanian again, the executive director of the Student Debt Crisis Center. Our president and founder, Natalia Abrams, is here. In the last segment, uh, we were on with Abby Shafroth from the National Consumer Law Center. We're bringing her in for uh, another segment to talk about not just student debt cancellation, but all the other important updates that are happening in student loan world. So we're really excited about that. Um, I know one of the big things that's really tripping some borrowers up is that uh, there is this application for student debt cancellation that was announced. And uh, there's also uh, this public service loan forgiveness application. Uh, under some new rules that has a deadline on October 31st. It's even hard for me to explain it. This is how things are getting intertwined. So why don't we jump in there? What is this other opportunity for borrowers? How is it different from debt cancellation? And let's just make a clear distinction about what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, and I think that's key, uh, just because we have so many borrowers getting confused about like this deadline and cancellation. So yeah, love to hear from you, Abby. Calm us down again. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah. So, so the good news is, this is another way that that borrowers can get relief on their student loans. Um, uh, the October 31st deadline is a deadline for um, for uh, a, a an a temporary improvement, I would say, of the public service loan forgiveness rules. Uh, so borrowers have to apply by October 31st um, to benefit from from this temporary change in the public service loan forgiveness rules. The public service loan forgiveness program um, is, in broad terms, a program where where people are who who spend 10 years working in qualifying employment, uh, which means generally working for the government working for um, a nonprofit. Uh, Those are the two main categories of employers. So it applies to teachers, lots of nurses, um, uh, firefighters, police, all all sorts of of people who work in public service. The the promise that that Congress made is if you spend 10 years working in public service while making payments on your your federal student loans, then if you still have any any debt remaining after 10 years, we'll we'll cancel the rest. Um, and you can finally be debt free. Unfortunately, that was the promise. Unfortunately, the program has been plagued by problems uh, that led to um, 99% of people having their applications for public service loan forgiveness denied. When the when the first um, the first certain year of people applying went through, and uh, the government looked at looked at the numbers. It was a problem, both because Congress made the program too complicated. Um, uh, so a lot of a lot of sort of complex eligibility rules that that um that people didn't understand got in the way. And the loan servicers made it all worse by giving people bad information and failing to tell people uh, whether that whether or not they were actually on track for public service loan forgiveness. So people would reach ten years and realize, oh, I don't actually qualify now because I've had the wrong type of loans, or I don't qualify because I was in the wrong type of repayment plan. Those are two of the biggest issues. Another one was, um, I thought I qualified but I consolidated my loans and they started my clock, my 10-year clock, back to zero. So now I have to work 10 more years since consolidating my loans. It was was really a disaster. So again, to their credit, the Biden administration looked at this problem and said, we have to make good on this pro- promise that, that we made to, to our teachers, to our healthcare workers, um, to people doing public service across the country. Uh, and so what they're doing is they are waiving, um, uh, basically like temporarily temporarily striking through the, the major um, uh, restrict- eligibility restrictions that have been preventing people from getting the credit.
2: There are two kinds of people.
3: service loan forgiveness. Um, as a result, that means lots of people um, are can be uh, much closer to getting their loans fully forgiven or m- might be eligible to have their loans entirely wiped out now, but they have to apply by October 31st. The key things to know are, um, are you need to fill out uh, the PSLF form, which you can do on studentaid.gov, um, and they're encouraging you to use the help tool. If you complete the help tool by October 31st, that's, that's sort of one check. The other thing is if you have um, if you have fell loans or perkins loans loans that are not the sort of direct loans um, then you also need to cons- apply to consolidate those loans before october 31st so those are the two steps to sort of take advantage of this
0: um, this sort of temporary reprieve in in um in program rules can you do this and cancellation at the same time i mean i know the answer but just to calm people down
3: <laughs> yes yes absolutely you can and should apply for for both um, immediate cancellation of ten to twenty thousand dollars of your of your federal student debt, and for public service loan forgiveness, which can wipe out um, the whole thing or at least all of your all of your qualifying loans um, through through that program.
1: And one of the things that I think is important here, um, and just to add some extra context, when we talk about these these people, these borrowers that were supposed to get forgiveness and we need to honor that promise, uh, I think it's important for the audience to know and keep in mind these are people that have chosen their career paths with this relief in mind, right? So we're, we're hearing from social workers who really have underpaid but critically important jobs in our communities who could not have pursued this type of work without this forgiveness. So we're not just talking about another broken student loan relief program that's just getting money into the pockets of people. We're talking about folks that have really made great sacrifice along the way, right? I, I know you listed teachers and nurses, but... Um, you know, I think this program reaches up to a quarter of all workers. So this is real relief into people that really need it most.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's a really important program, and um, it is it has been broken for too
0: long, and we are on our way to fixing it. You know, Abby, I have a question that we've just been getting inundated with calls from people, especially with this deadline for the public service plan. Just to clarify for folks, not the cancel student debt plan. What if you're retired? You know, so many retirees were previously denied, because I know for regular old PSLF, you have to be working in your job to receive it. So any insight you can shed there?
3: Yeah, so this is, um, uh, so under the normal PSLF rules, you have to be working for a qualifying employer when you apply for your, your cancellation, so at the end of your 10, ten years of service um which as as you said natalia was a problem for people who didn't find out about it until after they would retired or maybe they've been laid off um and and so now now they've they've done that they've done that they've done the time um they've spent 10 years in public service but because they're not um currently qualif- uh at a qualifying employer they're being they're being cut out of relief the temporary waiver addresses that it says um if you apply by october 31st we don't care if you're retired we don't c- Care if you've 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 left your uh, qualifying employment, um, you can still get the forgiveness. But that ends October thirty first, so it is really important for people who are retired uh, or people who have already spent ten years in public service but have moved on or are working part time now, volunteering now. Now is the time before October thirty first to get your PSLF application in.
1: Yeah, I know we're. Oh, no, go ahead. ahead. So no,
0: it's just so important, and and we just know that there's this like one deadline for P- public service loan forgiveness. Oh, will the program still exist after October thirty first? I'm just thinking of all the questions that we get inundated with daily.
3: Sure, absolutely. Public service loan forgiveness will continue after October thirty first. Um, it is just the the um, the the temporary waiver of um, of some of the, the the most problematic program rules that ends on October thirty first. The good news um, is that there is a sort of another another fix that the Department of Education has in the works um, that will uh, that is going to try to make up for for lost time that that borrowers should be getting credit towards another forgiveness program towards the income-driven repayment forgiveness program, um, and without getting into all the details of that, as the Department of Education works to. Implement a fix for that program. Some of the benefits are going to carry over to to borrowers who um, who are also doing public service work. So even after after October 31st, there will be more opportunities um, to try to get back some of the some of the credit for time that you've spent uh, in repayment while while working in public service. Um, but applying before October 31st is sort of the the surest and safest bet, and it gives you the, the most complete um, complete relief from the from from the bad PSLF rules. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned um, studentaid.gov, we're telling, you know, borrowers for both cancellation and public service loan forgiveness that studentaid.gov should become your best friend, get really intimate with it, learn all about the programs, apply for everything, you know, when in doubt, apply. Um, you know, I think this is just all so incredibly vital.
3: Absolutely. Studentaid.gov has, has most of the applications available to you. It has, you um, really useful, uh, frequently asked questions, uh, can address a lot of the details that are sort of beyond the scope of what we can go over right now, um, but it's a, it's a really valuable resource.
1: Yeah, well, I, if I hear it correctly, it sounds like there are multiple opportunities for folks to have their loans completely erased. That is really, really exciting to me. Um, And I know I'm at studentaid.gov every day looking for more information and tips and sharing it with others. So thank you for that, Abby. I think it's really important.
0: Yeah, and thank you, Abby, so much for being on with us for the SDCC takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. Really grateful to have you on.
3: Thank you for having me.